Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Positive Pod. You ever heard the expression, you are what you eat? This week, we're going to look at our consumption of news and how it can influence our well-being. Stay tuned. Let's jump in. With all that's happening right now with COVID-19 and the things that are happening in the world, there's a lot of attention focused on current events. There's a lot of attention focused on the news. We're spending lots of time consuming news content, whatever our chosen flavor may be, whether it's MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, NPR, BBC, each of those news outlets or infotainment outlets, if, if you want to call them that, is flavored. It has a flavor that you either like or you don't, and people tend to tune in to the kind of information that confirms what they believe. It's called confirmation bias. If we're liberal, we tend to consume news from a liberal standpoint, and it tastes good to us. It feels good to hear it from our perspective, and we can nod along with it, and we can say, yeah, can you believe that? And we can really get into it. If we're conservative, same idea. We might watch something like Fox News or a conservative news outlet, and we can nod right along to the news, and yeah, can you believe that? We have an appetite for negative news. Negative news brings up a physiological response in us, that positive news does not. And interestingly, that's true across cultures. What's interesting about that is it confirms in many ways what we know of human nature. Dan Ariely in Predictably Irrational writes about the central human tendency of loss aversion. We behave first not to lose what we have. It would make sense then that when we consume negative news or monitoring the world for dangers, for errors, for things that are a threat to us so that, we're, so that we don't lose what we have. We're pre-engineered biologically to pay attention to the threats within the news. What's also been demonstrated very clearly in the literature is when we attend to the positives, we actually improve our decision-making ability. And it also broadens our ability to see solutions, broadens our ability to think adaptively, and it broadens our ability to adjust. What about this idea of a bias towards negative news? We're looking at a research article that was published in September 2019 by Stuart Soraka, Patrick Fournier, and Lilak Nier. It's the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Cross-National Evidence of a Negativity Bias in Psychophysiological Reactions to News. So what they found was there's a tendency for negative news to produce a physiological reaction in us. This particular work was done across 17 countries, six continents, and across a thousand people. That's consistent with what we know of the principle of loss aversion in human beings, that we act first not to lose. Dan Ariely's work, for example. If you doubt that, talk to any financial advisor, and she will probably have tales of investors who bought a stock at $100 a share. It drops to $95 a share. Have they lost something? Sure, they've, they've lost 5%. The financial advisor says, okay, well, let's get out of that particular investment and let's get into another one. Investors will often say is, well, I don't want to sell it now. I think it's going to come back. I think um, I don't want to realize the loss. A couple months later, she goes back to the folks. Stock is now at $76 a share. It's now down 14%. The more the losses mount, the more reluctant human beings tend to be to just cut their losses, to take the loss and to move on. In fact, people are more and more resistant the more and more that's at stake. 
And that's consistent across the board. We find it consistent in education. We find it consistent in consumer activity. We find it consistent in the behavioral research. What's consistent is people will act first not to realize losses or not to lose. And that makes good sense, even from a structural brain standpoint. There's a a part of our brains called the anterior cingulate gyrus that's sole responsibility and job is to monitor the world for anything out of place or any errors so that it can alert us right away. Back when we were hunter-gatherers, we wanted to attend to the fact that there's a threat in front of us as we're out gathering food, hear a tiger rustling. We needed to attend to that right away because that was an existential threat. We were in grave danger. We weren't going to survive. And if we didn't attend to that, we wouldn't have survived to reproduce necessarily. So evolutionarily, it makes sense that we have a pre-programmed sense of danger and a pre-programmed system for reacting instinctively to danger and a desire to look for that danger. There are ways that we can combat that. Think about what happens when danger is sensed. The sense is narrow, and, and rightfully so. You wouldn't want to, when you were a hunter-gatherer and you were out gathering food and you heard the tiger, you wouldn't want to take the time to think about the different species of tigers and I wonder where they live and, and, and what kinds of things. By the time you got half of those thoughts out, you'd be, you'd be tiger food. So we're sort of biologically programmed to narrow our focus when we encounter danger. When we can introduce some positivity into what it is we're consuming, it broadens our attention span. And that makes good sense too. If we got good information if we started to find food, for example, when we were hunting and gathering, that would broaden our attention span. Looking at work by Fredrickson, which was published in 2005 in the Journal of Cognition and Emotion, in which Fredrickson details what she calls the broaden and build theory. The participants in the study viewed a film that elicited either A, amusement, B, contentment, C, neutrality, D, anger, or E, anxiety. The scope of attention was assessed using a global visual processing task, and thought action repertoires were assessed using 20, the 20 statements test, which is a fairly well-validated thought action repertoire measure. Compared to the neutral state, positive emotion broadened the scope of attention. And most importantly, thought action repertoires were broadened as well. What does that mean to us? When we can begin to see some of the positives in what we're seeing, or some of the opportunities in what we're seeing, that broadens our attention span and allows us to think outside the box. One thing that we can do is begin to look beyond our own predispositions, our own biases, our own tendencies. We have a tendency to dismiss things that are not consistent with the way we view the world. That tendency can be problematic because it sometimes doesn't let us see the merit of some of the other options that are on the table. And so if we can, in each news story, find the positives on each side, or if there are multiple aspects of a situation, if we can find the positives within that, we may be able to broaden our ability to think through and come up with solutions. One ratio that's been proposed by Fredrickson is a three to one ratio between positive and negative stimuli before the positives begin to help us to outweigh the negative. That three to one ratio has come under some fire in recent years. Probably like everything else, it doesn't lend itself to a real simple ratio. What might be fair to say is each negative thing we consume, we gotta consume at least three positive things to outweigh the impact of the negative thing. And so one thing that we can do as we listen to the news in this time of COVID 
wars, social strife, political unrest, elections, those sorts of things, when much of what we consume is going to be tinged with the negative, the problematic, the pay attention to this issue, be passionate about this issue, this is a problem. We can begin to search those issues for the positive aspects that we might be able to find. In other words, we can search them for PERMA. How do we use PERMA in a news context? We can look at every news story for the positive emotions that are in there somewhere. We can search each news story for engagement, ways in which we might get involved, things that we're interested in, things that we can do positively to impact that situation. We can look in each news story for the positive relationships that we see. Even in a news story that's negative, you can observe the positive relationships within the story and maybe even make a connection between the positive relationships and how they might help to address that situation. What what meaning are we going to make of this story uh, when we find a, a COVID story and we hear that n- new deaths lately? Here within that, that people are being treated with uh, convalescent plasma therapy and it's working. There's a kernel in that. It looks like we've got convalescent plasma therapy, and it looks like that's showing some promise. That means that there's promise to be found in this COVID situation. In other words, when we're able to find meaning in something, positive meaning in something, the subtle message in that to us is there is positive meaning to be found in other areas. And and finally, the A, accomplishment, when we can look at that story and say, what if anything's been accomplished here? What could be accomplished as a result of, of this story. Yes, I understand there's been some more deaths, but it looks like we've gotten some more information about convalescent plasma therapy. Let's say that COVID stories reported and particular intervention that showed progress has been shown not to really be effective. That is accomplishment. It's accomplishment towards okay, we know more now than we knew yesterday about what might be effective with certain populations. That's a piece of accomplishment that we can take out of that story. Well, we're a little closer. We have more information than we did yesterday. We know more about the power of social supports than we did yesterday. We saw a powerful example of how social support is meaningful here. What parts of the story can we look to as potential accomplishments that we can look for in the next story. Consuming news from a positive perspective doesn't mean turning the frown upside down. It doesn't mean just saying, well, everything's fine. It means consciously and carefully consuming news. But if you can begin to see some of the some of the PERMA aspects, it will free you up to think constructively and to design your own solutions because it's going to broaden your attention base. It's going to broaden your ability to think laterally. In other words, to, to think about different adjustments, different, different ways of thinking about the situation. It's going to broaden your ability to think adaptively about that particular problem. And that broadening of adaptive ability and broadening of attention can not only make you happier, but it can also equip you with the skills that you need to think your way through things more effectively. The more positively you think, the more you broaden your attention span, the more you broaden your ability to adjust, the more you broaden your ability to adapt, and the most adaptive folks tend to be the most successful folks. Strangely enough, the most successful folks in their ability to adapt tend to be the happiest. That's a look at today's positive pod. I will put a link to each of the studies that we've looked at here down in the description. Enjoyed talking with you today and looking forward to seeing you on the next edition of the positive pod. Remember, you are what you eat, so eat some good stuff and get some good in your life. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.